You're listening to Steve Dace On Demand. Lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Happy Tuesday. Merry Christmas. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live on the Blaze, on demand at CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us, 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. You can also let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show, at least while you still can. And... If you're listening to the podcast edition of this on Spotify or iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play later on, and you want to follow up with us, the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Coming up a little bit later on, we are going to begin a new daily uh, segment on the show where we're going to drop a truth bomb a day, mainly because I, I, I need to start selling some books. Also, like, hey, it's the no BS rule, right? So... I got to sell some more books, but I'm going to try to do it in the most entertaining and less contrived way as I possibly can. But just best to just keep it real, homie. You know what I'm saying? Bottom lines. Yeah. That, so we created a segment to help me sell more books that hopefully will be entertaining while we're succeeding at that. Also, Pop Culture Tuesday, we look at the intersection between culture and conservatism. And we're going to do a special series for these three weeks before we head out on Christmas break. We're going to look at Christmas and culture. Because I don't know that there's any more of an intersection between conservative uh, conservatism and culture or culture every year than Christmas time. So we're going to begin that series coming up a, a little bit later on. Uh, this week's edition of Fake News or Not at the bottom of the hour. But we begin, as we always do, with an update courtesy of Aaron. Here's what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Lying. Ex-Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort continued to lie to special counsel Robert Mueller even after accepting a plea deal. That is, according to the special counsel. I'm sure it's all just a big old misunderstanding. MSNBC has a suggestion for Republicans facing polarization that's caused by Trump. Again, they're underwater. Right. But, but, you know, when you look at the map, right, you know, look at where Trump went into those red states and he helped. Right. The problem is that the polarization is such that suicide may be the only option. (laughs) That's right. And an update on the border, courtesy of CNN. Is uh, I'm not sure that it proves that we need a border wall. In fact, it's the opposite. The border worked. Border security here worked. So however many people rushed the border, 39 were arrested. They are going to be deported. No one breached the border. Things the media keeps buried deep, deep down inside so it can never get out and hurt anybody. Somali immigrants suspected of trying to run over synagogue members in Los Angeles. The next freshman class of Congress is highly educated. More than 70% went to grad school. One-third have law degrees and 12 have MBAs. Seven earned at least two graduate degrees. Kristen Cinema has four. We are science fiction writer claims the Lord of the Rings series is racist because it discriminates against orcs. General Motors is laying off about 15% of its workforce and closing 
many plants in the North American continent. A Dallas, Texas father is being charged with child abuse for not affirming his six-year-old son's James' transgenderedness. At least that's according to the boy's mother, who has been forcing the boy to live and act and dress as a girl named Luna when in her care. Yes, six-year-old James is being forced to dress and act like a girl by his mother, and his father is the one getting charged with child abuse. And finally, the New York Times published an op-ed from a man named Andrea Long Shu entitled, My New Vagina Won't Make Me Happy, wherein he details his upcoming surgery to essentially create a chronic wound, which she fully admits is nothing more than a wound. While he details his own suicidal thoughts after starting his hormone therapy, this read is as horrifying as it is tragic and sad. And that's what happened while we were away in two minutes or less. Wow. There is some, uh, there's an eclectic mixture of stuff uh, to discuss in today's rundown. Let's begin with the, with the top story. And this is the Paul Manafort story. And um, this is, I know our official show position is four dimensional chess doesn't exist, right? It doesn't exist. It's what we think or hope in some cases we're watching unfold before our eyes as four-dimensional chess is more often than not terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people terribly, right? That's kind of our official show position. Bank on it. Okay. Now, we don't believe four-dimensional chess exists. Do we believe any chess exists? And before you answer, here's why I bring it up. Lying after you've received a plea agreement. If that's true, okay, if that's true, and we don't know, but if it's true, and it's in court documents from the fourth branch of government, well, the fifth branch, because the media is the fourth branch, from the fifth branch of government, the Mueller probe has filed, the fifth branch of government has filed in its official briefings uh, that Paul Manafort lied after a plea agreement. That is captivatingly dumb. I mean, that, that's Darwinian. Those Darwin Award memes that go out at the end of every year, right? The one that won it about five years ago, I remember, maybe it was even longer now, was um, the neighborhood strawberry junkie woman bought uh, some crack rock out on the street. I think this is like in Chicago or Tampa. You know, it had to be Florida. That's just, when in doubt, Guess this happened in Florida, and you'll be right more times than not. All right, was it in Broward County? <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, she she bought some crack rock out on the street, and she was convinced that she had been taken for a ride. And there were some local policemen doing neighborhood patrol. She's discerning about her crack rock. Yes, and I mean, listen, the the customer is always right. You know this, Todd. You know, she's not, you know, she may be the local neighborhood strawberry, but she's not, you know, you got to wake up pretty early in the morning. Slip one past her, if you know what I'm saying. Like 10.30, okay? 11. <laughs> P.M. <laughs> so, uh, so she goes up to some of these police officers. I'm telling you, this really happened. All right. This is not like, you know, 
the uh, the boy with his pet dog and the peanut butter or the girl with the hot dog urban legends every high school had when we were growing up or the kids that burned down in a fire and their parents named them Lamangelo and Arangelo and their names are really Lemon Jello and Orange Jello. Aaron, even <laughs> homeschooled, even he knows that one. That's because okay. you told me. But. Oh, did I? Okay. <laughs> These are, this is not an urban legend. This really was number one on the Darwin Award list like years ago. And the woman went up to these these local cops that were maybe actually sitting in a squad car and she's like, hey, I, I need to find out if this crack is real, you know? And she, they're like, that's how far gone she was, sadly. And they put her in the squad car. They took her down to the precinct and they tested it and it was pure grade crack. And then they arrested her, of course, for felony drug possession, right? That, that's the level. This is, we're in bed intruder territory. You so dumb for real. Like the level of dumb here is beyond the scope of even all that we've witnessed the last couple of years. It's, it's beyond, like I, my mind doesn't want to accept a man like Paul Manafort could have gotten as rich over the years as he did and just been this dumb. I, I, you because, don't come to acquire ostrich leather suits with, by being dumb. Guys. Yeah, yes, yes. Because I, I need to believe these people all have more money and better lifestyles than me because they're smarter than me. I have to believe this, otherwise... It really, I can't, it really bothers me at night. <laughs> right? I need to believe these people are better than I am. Please don't take that away. Okay. So there's that possibility. Or look at the timing of this. So he lies to the probe after Trump, or he's accused of lying to the probe. After Trump submits his written answers as testimony to the Mueller probe, do you think that timing might be interesting in some respect? Like, do you think, do you think Paul Manafort just lied to the Mueller probe like yesterday is what I'm asking. Do you think he like yesterday at two o'clock lied to him? And Bob Mueller was like, ain't having it and marched in the federal court at 3:45 and dropped a you know a motion to have this guy's plea agreement vacated for violating it i mean could that have happened could that have happened yeah sure do you think that's what happened do you think that's probably what happened i'm asking i'm about as sure of this as i am about anything which is to say not certain at all you but are you are you aren't saying anything. Why? Uh, this is really hard for me to take seriously. I, I I just I keep having like clown car music in the back of my head when I'm supposed to analyze this. I think you're closest to the truth when you say bad people. Uh, no, terrible. Terrible. People. Bad doesn't say it well enough. Yeah. What bad is true, but terrible is more is more pre- Here, I, precise. I honestly, here's what I honestly feel guilty. And I know what I know what you're trying to do, but when when I try to connect the let's say I even do accurately connect the dots in this, or you do, or any, what service are we providing by simply pointing out that the circus is a circus? I I don't I don't think we've helped any thing. I I think this is such a built in 
it's a microcosm of the built-in distraction that is so much of our politics. I don't believe for a second I'm I'm still where I was at the beginning. There's nothing here that could take down this administration or any other administration. Um, just like there wasn't anything, yeah, with Bill Clinton and lying as brazenly as he he did because collectively we all have a built-in expectation of deviance and distraction and an ability of of mankind to be who we at least hoped we could be in the past so i'm i'm um i'm not helpful to you on this i just i i can't i i'm not able to be a helpful adult on this issue because i i just don't think it's even an adult issue i think it's 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 just the commenting on it is pretty much it's just baseline politics what we're dealing in this level of bad people malfeasance um perpetual lying even when they know it's bad because we who yeah a guy like Manafort is actually in prison like but most people lie just as brazenly in him all the time and they go ahead and they get elected I don't know what's the there there in this whole Russia thing. Help me, really. If I can do better at this, I want to, but I don't know what's there to help anybody anymore. Well, I don't know what's there either. I know that's why you're asking too. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to figure out the timing of this seems odd. And here's the reality: like we, this is like the Twitter story. I know the vast majority of you watching us right now or listening to us on the podcast don't have a Twitter account. And if you do, you're not active on it. Like I said yesterday, about 80%, it's more than 80% of Americans have a Facebook account and well over half of them use it and utilize it on a regular basis, meaning monthly, weekly, et cetera. I sold Twitter a little short yesterday. It's actually less than 30% of Americans have a Twitter account. But the, but the ratio of those who do have a Twitter account compared to who are active on it regularly is there's a far greater gap than there is with Facebook, all right? So even though it's, it's, it's not relevant to most of our audience every day and how they live every day, because of the kinds of people who do utilize it sure. on a concentrated basis— and who those people are and where they work and what they represent, it's impactful to everybody anyway who doesn't have a Twitter account that is watching us right now. It speaks to what we talked about okay? yesterday, yes. I think that's, the, that's a similar analogy to this story, okay. okay? It doesn't, The Rock is correct once more. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it, nothing, it doesn't matter what the, it doesn't matter from a truth perspective what Mueller does or doesn't come up with, he's allowed his investigation to be uh, partisan defined. The reason why I applauded uh, his appointment, well, let me rephrase that. From the beginning, I opposed appointing anybody for this job. And I warned over and over and over again, if we go down this road, haven't we done this before with Lawrence Walsh and Ken Starr? Everything I said in the months leading up to his appointment in May of 2017 has all come true. And worse. <clears throat> and worse. Now, when it was him who was appointed, my hope was, because you're dealing with a guy whose resume is, are there problems in his resume? Yeah, there's problems in my resume. No one has a perfect resume. But in the environment that you just adequately described, 
his resume is vastly more impressive than most in terms of service to the country than most of the people you're talking about. So I had hoped for the first few months that his resume would overcome the nature of the beast he, of the, that he was taking on and we would be able to get to some form of clarity on this. We've missed all those windows. He has mismanaged this from a PR standpoint. Okay? Um, he should have known going in. He didn't hire Peter Strzok, the problematic FBI agent. James Comey put him on this case. But, but Mueller inherited that mess. He should, have, he should have gotten out in front of it. We should have learned about it from Bob Mueller yeah. and not from the Daily Caller. Yeah. Okay? And, and he should have said, we can't have any of that, any of that funny business. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He didn't do any of that. He's never done any interview or anything at all to reassure the American people of, of you know, that they're on the right track, that their probe can be, can be trusted. He has done none of that. And so we have reached a stage with his probe that it doesn't matter, Rock, what happens. If he doesn't say Trump is, was, a, was, this, was the carrier pigeon of Vladimir Putin, then all of the liberal media that has canonized him for the last 11 months will turn on him. And suddenly he'll be on Fox every night. And if he does say that, then um, everybody who voted for Trump won't care. And I mean like everybody. Like there won't be anybody who voted for Trump. None of them. 63 million plus, I promise. Not one of them will say, yeah, suddenly I'm just not voting for him. The, the window to change any of their minds is gone. That, and I agree with you. The window to change any minds is gone. But we've had an election since we started talking about this. That's why we haven't talked about this probe very much. We have probably sure. talked about it the least on this show. Any, any quasi-relevant program on the right or left has talked about it in the last year. I got to believe that's true, don't you? Or at least we're in the— bo- I, I, we're, we're better for it, by the way. Yes. It, because, because when we reached the point that, that we, we, we made the decision on our show, when this probe reached the point that it was not going to change any minds, then it was just another meaningless tribalistic partisan exercise. And we'll report the news. I happen to believe it's major news when the president's uh, you know, personal attorney you know, files an affidavit oh, under yeah, oath that says he told yeah. me to c- commit crimes. doesn't mean it's true, but it's news. Yes. Okay. Um, but for, for a show like this that's analyzing political and cultural outcomes primarily— We've 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 gone past the window of how it's going to change any minds. It's I agree with useful. you. Yes, but here's the thing: since we got past that window, we had an election. And what happened in that election? Well, what happened in that election? Something approximating a blue wave. Yes, particularly in one chamber, which is where impeachment proceedings Correct. originate and are held. Okay, and so now, even though there is probably nobody watching us right now, similar to the Twitter story. The vast majority of our audience isn't on Twitter. The, but since I, I would guess anybody watching us right now who voted for Trump in 2016 and listening to us, all 28 of you, or 29 maybe is what our audience is at right now, none of you are going to change your minds and not vote for him in 2020 based on anything Bob Mueller puts in the report or anything that is said in the Democratic Congress next year. I, I, we would agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. But whether you're in that group or not, this is going to impact you because- um, we now have the opposition party in control of the chamber where an impeachment originates. And they are sitting, that's just, again, we're calling out okay. all BS. They are sitting there and waiting for Bob Mueller to hand them a report 
that essentially outlines prima facie evidence for high crimes and misdemeanors, which is the constitutional phrase that's nebulous and never really has truly, whoops, sorry about that, is nebulous and has never truly been defined. Okay, see where I'm going with that? So whether it persuades anybody in our audience or us or we've given up on it is now not really relevant because the circumstances have changed. That's the point. And so to me, there's three options to this story now that are relevant to our audience, even because it's going to impact them regardless of what they think about it. Because we all know if the Democrats go impeachment, given Trump is not a compartmentalizer like Bill Clinton was. Bill Clinton realized the best way to beat Ken Starr and Newt Gingrich and Bob Dole was the dot-com boom, bomb and aspirin factory in Afghanistan, give a bunch of speech. You know what I'm saying? He realized he governed. He didn't allow himself to get bogged down in this every single day. We, I think we all recognize, is Donald Trump going to do that? No. No. No, this is, this, this is going to be his singular focus, and everything else will have to compete for oxygen within his, within his administration because of the nature of his personality. He is, he is not a compartmentalizer. All right. So he's an, he's an egotist. And so there's no way he is going to avoid having his entire administration defined primarily by how it responds to what's coming down the road. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Okay. That's why this is going to impact everybody watching this right now, whether their minds are going to change or not. It's going to impact you. And there are three options here for me. One is Paul Manafort is you so dumb for real. He is bed freaking intruder, okay? Because he's also lying in a plea agreement when he was already convicted in a previous slate of charges and is going to prison anyway. So now you're gonna, this makes no sense whatsoever because you're not gonna game the system by lying. You've already been convicted in a federal court by a jury. Lying in this plea agreement doesn't mean, doesn't avoid you going away for hard time you see where i'm going with Mm -hmm. this that's why it's dumb you're not you're not win you can't win you already lost we're just deciding the 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 scope and 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 size of the of the defeat but you're going your orange jumpsuit and you have a date and you're hooking up you can't you're not avoiding it so this makes no sense you're not gaming any system that's why he's dumb the other then there's two other options One is that um, he did this on purpose in order. And well, first of all, if he lied, he did it on purpose. That's, but he did it on purpose, not with the intent of thinking he was going to get away with something, but with the intent of piling up perceived abuses by Bob Mueller in order to, in order to increase the opportunity for him to generate a pardon from president Trump. Meaning, it, it, it is perceived that Bob Mueller has piled on this man so much now that the political fallout Trump would receive for pardoning Bob Mueller is mitigated some by maybe a backlash of sympathy for the guys getting scooter libbied now. That's one possibility. He could have, him and his attorney could have decided that was their best course of action since they are going to prison anyway. Keep provoking the Mueller probe to keep piling on you so that maybe you generate enough sympathy that the president issues you a pardon. The third option is that if you want to provoke the president into a perjury trap, the timing of 
of of going after Manafort for being for not being honest when you receive Trump's answers makes perfect sense because while you cannot indict a sitting president and you cannot bring him compel him into court that's why we have an impeachment process we have a, a process for doing it and it's why the founders left it nebulous they left it nebulous they wanted to protect the presidency from being bogged down by trifle and frivolous lawsuits and bureaucratic meanderings uh, from the from the lower echelons of government, but they left it flexible and open so it would be widely accountable to the equal branches of government. It's accountable to you. See what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. So it's not within question. You can't just go out and sue the president and indict him. The 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 you know the 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 DA there in the county in Virginia can't indict Donald Trump as president of the United States. But there's wide latitude for what a Congress could impeach him for. And so since Mueller can't indict a sitting president and get him into court, you accuse when Mueller, when, when Manafort's story and what Trump put in writing to you don't line up, you don't go after Trump because he can't, he can't go after him head on. He's not in Congress. Who can he go after head on? Manafort. And you go after Manafort head on and you put Manafort under oath and you put Manafort under oath directly contradicting written statements from the president of the United States. And then you hand that record over to a Democratic Congress and say, giga Maggie's sick them. See where I'm going with that? You're, in other words, you're doing two plus two is still four, but the second two you, you'd put that in front. You did the math in reverse and still got. Maybe a better way of putting it. Three plus two is five, but so is two plus three. Same math equation. You just inverted the numbers. And you go after him the back way. So one of these three things, is, it, to me, I don't see any other option. This is a, a breathtaking level of dumb because you're not even if even if you you can't get away with it because you're going to prison anyway for a whole separate slate of charges. So there's no incentive for you to try to get over on Bob Mueller. That's number one. That's why it's so stupid. Number two, the other option is Manafort is provoking Mueller in order to hopefully generate enough sympathy from Trump to get a pardon. And number three is Mueller is provoking Trump by essentially instead of trying to indict Trump, which he can't do. You go after Manafort and you have Manafort under oath in court calling into question the written testimony of the president of the United States and you hand that thing off to Congress. It's one of those three guys. That's what I think. And that's a story that would impact every single person watching us right now, regardless of their opinion on the matter. So it doesn't matter if who's telling the truth between Trump and Manafort. All that matters is that they're telling a different story. That's exactly right. Yes. And that's yeah. all to the cover. I yeah. see. I'm I'm still at the position, and that's fascinating. What you just laid out over the last ten minutes has been is completely fascinating. Uh, I'm still of the notion, though, that Democrats really don't need that much to impeach, do they? I mean, really, I, it, they can they can make crap up at this point. Um, but at the same time, uh, they they there are probably some people. There, you know, there probably are some people in their caucus who would want something like that in order to kind of cover their backside uh, in the case that they their votes. I, I think in. they've they've won more so many seats in the House now they that they have do have they, they'd have political latitude that a seven eight fifteen seat majority would not have provided them. Your thoughts, Todd? 
how do we know that what we know about Manafort lying again? Was it leaked or was it flat? No, out? this is this is the mon- the the Mueller probe has filed a motion to vacate his plea agreement in court for uh, a lack of truthfulness. That is not a. That's the other thing too. That's I'm glad you brought that up because if you're new to our show on the Blaze, we have a we have a, a rule on our show: no anonymous source. We don't respond to any anonymous source reporting from or about the White House because we just think both the media and the Trump White House are just far too cavalier about lying to and about one another and so we don't respond to anything from anybody that's anything anonymous no this was actually a motion to vacate from the Mueller probe listen i i think you've you've made analogies in the past about things that will not affect people's uh political chances short of you know being found in a barn with animals and things like that you know i just i think if you are after Trump's testimony, if you are still re- relying on um, a Manafort hand to ultimately corner Trump in a way that is of significant consequence, I mean, the level— I, see, I don't think it's a Manafort hand. I think it is the president walked into a perjury trap— and put in writing of his own volition I, things that now, again I'm not claiming this. No, no, I'm no. I'm telling you what the narrative but will be. We've been this is is this is perhaps um, Leonard Holt Lester Holt all over again. We keep mm-hmm. doing this. We've been doing it for a very very long time. I've just, sooner or later, if we really have a big King Kong to hang, why are we still doing this the small game? We'll come back. Fake news or not is next. We're live on The Blaze on demand right here at CRTV. Stay tuned. Well, you've probably been hearing uh, Glenn, uh, Stu, and Pat talk about the, the new fad sweeping the criminal underworld known as home title fraud. And I got on the phone with the folks at Home Title Lock a couple of weeks ago, and uh, they they emailed me this document. And I opened it up, and by golly, that looked a lot like my... I think you saw it, didn't you, Aaron? Yeah, and, I did. And, and I mean, I've signed documents for you as my employee. Didn't you? Uh, th- did you think that well, was my signature? I thought it was yeah, my signature. I thought, I thought you were like, I, I thought you had already like signed up with them, and they had just like scanned it in. I was right. just seeing the scan. I, no, that was actually. I thought that was actually a, an official document that you had just scanned in and sent to them or something. That's a, that was a pretty good forgery, and it, I thought it was my signature at first glance. It wasn't. I hadn't signed anything. Uh, but right there on my right there on the on the line, where it was to release my home deed to this third party was my something that looked a lot like my signature. And it's called home title fraud, and this is going on all over the country because your home titles, you used to be thieves couldn't get access to them. They'd have to go to their county recorder's office, show photo ID, and you know, they'd bring out this, these masses of books. The, the bureaucracy just you know, prevented this from happening, but all this stuff is online now to streamline the cost. And it's far more accessible for, uh, for fraudsters. And especially the more equity you have in your home, uh, so if you're a retiree or if you have multiple homes, like if you own rental properties and so you've got maybe a little equity, but in a lot of different properties, um, uh, you are particularly vulnerable here because that's what they're after. They're after the equity. They want to liquidate it. 
uh, because that's where the real value is and the number one asset most Americans have, and that is their own home. Now, here's what you need to do, though. Here's Because you may have identity theft protection. I do, too. doesn't cover any of this stuff. All right, You want to get a hold of Home Title Lock for pennies on a day. Uh, they will build a virtual barrier around your home's title. So if they detect any sinister activity at all, they will contact you right away and get to work on shutting it down. And you may even be vulnerable already. And here's how you can find out. Uh, you can sign up at HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com for a free, that's right, that's right, free title scan and report. That's a $100 value. They're giving it away to our uh, listeners and viewers at The Blaze and CRTV right now for zilch, for nada. Just go to HomeTitleLock.com. You've got nothing to lose. This is the biggest investment the vast majority of Americans will ever be able to afford. Make sure it's protected. HomeTitleLock.com. And with that, we get to this week's edition of Fake News or Not. Now, my personal view with respect to the wall is that Donald Trump promised the American people that Mexico would pay for it. So either go talk to Mexico or go take a hike as it relates to billions of dollars being spent from the American taxpayer. You know what, man? That's Democratic Congressman Hakeem Jeffries. Tell me why he's not right. Isn't that straight up? That's straight up. He's got a D after his name. Is is that an acceptable answer? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I don't think. Uh, let me see. I believe it's in the conservative media handbook. Um, you're never permitted, I believe, to, to point out if a Democrat is right about something. Like Elizabeth Warren today, tweeting out about three American servicemen killed in Afghanistan. Seventeen years is enough. The problems in Afghanistan are historically systemic. We can't fix them. Let's come home. Uh, I 100% agree with that. We've talked about that on this show how many times for the last couple of years? Well, I mean, the whole idea that Mexico is going to build a wall was Trump's number one talking point as a candidate. Do you remember the event he had in Iowa during the caucuses? And he was talking about, yeah, I, sometimes in my rallies, the crowds get bored. And, and what did he say was he, the line that he threw out there that fired everybody up? What did he say? We're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. You guys remember that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, tell me why we're not in read my lips territory with Trump. That was his number one promise. And he could keep it, by the way. I, I, have said, I have said this all along. This is not as hard of a promise to keep as people think. How would he keep it? Take away all the funding. Yep. Look at the foreign aid we give to Mexico every year. And it's an offset. That's all. So we're going to build a wall. And... We're not, and, and, and we're taking it out of the money we give you every year. And until the wall is paid for, you don't get a dime from us. That's how he could pay for it. Not to mention, wouldn't that be one hell of a popular, you want a popular populist talking point? We're going to get rid of, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna confiscate your, it's essentially a lien. Like if you don't pay the IRS for years and you come to work one day and, and it's payday and they hand you your paycheck and there's almost nothing in it. Because they, they, they confiscated it because you owe them the money. So they put a lien. They put a hold on your, on your revenue. Why don't we do that here? That's all that's required. This would be like, a, this would be like an 80% issue with the American people. The amount of, Ameri the, amount of the, the only people that would side with the Mexican government on this have like 750,000 viewers on, on CNN at nine o'clock, okay? Everybody else... 
would either say nothing because they don't want to get in the middle of a, of, of a freight train or would be on board with this. The president could have kept this promise all along by just offsetting the foreign aid. Now, I've seen estimates it's anywhere from 45 to 90 million a year we give them in foreign aid, whatever the number is. Just offset it to the cost of the wall, redirect it to the cost of the wall. And then once the wall is built um, and paid for, then they can resume receiving foreign aid from the United States again. But that's how Mexico could pay for the wall. He could keep this promise simply, guys. Agreed. And I agree with all of it. It's just at the end uh, where I have to swallow the bile when somebody uh, uh, set the Trump stuff aside is trying to go fiscal conservative and worrying about the billions we're spending anywhere that no, I just can't. <laughs> See, I agree with you on that. Tell me why you're not setting why don't you have bile to set aside that Trump's just lied to you for the last three years? No, about I, was, number I, one I, issue? I agree. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah. you, you're, I, think, you're there, right. I think there's plenty of bile to set aside with everybody. I'd say it. I just don't think it's a. I just don't think it's a binary choice. I think that, that everybody's lying to you. So, I mean, he he tells you the truth and then he immediately turns around and lies to you. That's, I, I totally agree with that. No. And that and this is an inexcusable lie because Trump could and even and let's say Trump submitted that budget to Congress and it got voted down, he'd still have one hell of a political talking point. This is this is a political yeah. winner to take my advice. Yes. I've said this publicly how many times? Yes. Have you guys heard me say this the last two years since he started this talk or three years now? He could easily keep this and just use it as an offset against foreign aid. Oh, I, I'm tired of this. I it was I I actually threw out the term impeachment regarding Trump a long time ago when he right after he was pictured uh in the White House talking to uh uh Pelosi and uh, Schumer after it was clear he wasn't going to uh repeal uh, or be part of uh pushing for a repeal of Obamacare. So, yeah, Trump is endlessly frustrating me, but I also said a while ago I've just like put his I guess I, I'm kind what, of What broke. I hear you saying is just because one side is full of horse pucky doesn't automatically mean the other side pointing it out is suddenly virtuous. Maybe, am I, is that I, what I hear you saying? I think I'm just you, – you opened up yesterday saying we're just going to expose all BS. Yes. I'm just – I'm already there, man. I'm yes. just already there. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't believe Hakeem Jeffries wants to secure the border. I don't believe that. But do, is he right about that, that – in that clip is what he said that actually piece of, I'm just Is the piece of rhetoric – uh, factually correct. Yes. Yes. I'm just yeah. into default. When de- Democrats want to try to talk to me on social media or anything, but but Trump, I, I it was years ago. I conceded. I didn't vote for the guy. He's just an utter mess. Yes. Next subject. All right. Next subject. Well, you have to ask yourself, look, I think they should do something. I've been, I voted in 1986 for the Simpson-Mazzoli Act, which included getting control of the border, included creating uh, a green card or a, a, a work permit system. Uh, and I was with President Reagan in trying to get those things done. Uh, the Congress then failed to act. Uh, and there's been a very weird coalition of uh, some conservative businesses who want cheap labor uh, and a number of ideological left-wingers who don't believe in borders. Bam. Bam. Now, I again, no BS, full disclosure. Newt sent me a nice note last week. He really liked my column on how we already know what's going to happen in mm. 2020. Um, so... When I when I when I saw him say this, there were like three other people this week that said this exact same thing. But since he said something nice to uh, sent me a nice note, I, I chose to let. He's running. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the he? Me or him? Him. <laughs> but that's exactly correct. I mean, this is what I tried to tell our guest from uh, from Quartz.com a few weeks ago. The number one reason this issue has not been addressed is because there are powers that be on both sides who don't want it addressed. 
You have business interests in the Republican Party that want cheap labor. They don't want E-Verify. They don't want, they don't want a permanent working visa uh, because they would have to, that would all require paying better wages to everybody, both American citizens and then those who are now officially documented as with a worker visa and, and some form of benefits and everything else. They want, they want an indentured servant class that they want to use as human chattel. Uh, and then you have a bunch of people in the Democratic Party who just, you know, want to race bait and they're looking for new voters. Both are equally immoral. Yes. Yep. Which goes back to, I think, last week, my conversation with Eric Bowling. Why, again, are we just going to just pass out the tax breaks willy-nilly to people that ultimately are working against us on other fronts? Now, that's the point that our Daniel Horowitz made on, on his segment on the show here last week. Next clip. Because some people look at these images sure. and they listen to the president who says it's not women and children, it, it's stone cold criminals. So my first question is, you're in that tent camp. Besides that family, give us the profile of who is there mostly and what are they looking for? Because it seems as though, to your point, they don't actually have the necessary information so they know how to cross the border. There could have people, there could be people yesterday who were running because they thought it was their only chance. Right. And it's very difficult because this has become such a polarizing issue. If we kind of take a walk, you'll, you'll be able to see for yourself. Again, this is the inner sanctum of the shelter. Uh, so uh, you're, you're going to see a lot of families here, a lot of uh, women and children. Uh, but the, the truth is the majority of the people that are part of this caravan, especially outside, if we can make our way all the way over there, uh, we'll show you the majority of them are men. Oh. When that was said, like we asked the other day, what was the editorial meeting at Vice where someone said, guys, I, I, I really think straight men don't like astrology anymore. And I, that's an issue that I think needs to be addressed, right? Can you imagine with, with that editorial meeting, what, who, what was being smoked? No, what, what I, graded was, peyote? No, it was right before that. The sentence right before that was 420, light it up. <laughs> 420, blaze it? Yeah. Okay. Like along those same lines, what do you think the control room at MSNBC over at 30 Rock, what do you think was the, how thick was the Paul? I've been in that room. How, what do you think was the mood? Like when you watch those paranormal investigation shows, and they've got their the temperature gauge out. And suddenly, the temperature drops 20 degrees. And that means a specter is in the room, right? What do you think it was like when their reporter on site in real time takes him to the front of the caravan and says, and I got to be honest with you, most of these people are men. What do you, what do you, what I do you think, think it was like there? I think the gal on set instantly tr- probably chimed in and said, but are they transgendered? And somebody... <laughs> Somebody quickly and quietly hit the mute button like, um, we're not quite there uh, yet. I mean, that that's the liberal media version of the Trump clip we had yesterday where he was talking about steam, right? <laughs> and you're just asking yourself, that's not good. Don't, don't, oh. But we didn't if even. You're, if you're doing propaganda, at least be good at it. Yeah. Like, because you can tell 
the way she's framing the question, she's not, she assumes she knows, she's assuming that she's going to get the answer back that she asked, right? Yes. You can tell. She didn't say, hey, can you settle this debate once and for all? She said, yeah, yeah, the president's out here claiming this, but we know better. You're there. Tell us we're right. Uh, well, I mean, there's some women and children like right here. But honestly, when you head up to the front of the caravan, it's pretty much all guys. Because, you know, there, there's no reason to be. Let me. I, I've been to the poorest country in our hemisphere, Haiti. And you know what you see at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? Men, Aaron, between Aaron's age and our age, standing around. And what do you think they're doing? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. You're not a refugee when you're 28 years old, okay? Get a job. Uh, you're not women and children. You're, no, 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 no. That's not how this works, okay? And that clip right there is breathtaking man bites dog stuff, guys. But you don't, it is, but you don't even need the clip. The fact that every publication is posting the exact same still shot of yeah. the one woman. Yeah. Like, If this is all over the place, why do you only have the one picture mm-hmm. that everybody has to post? And and, and you also know by now, uh, there's a report that uh, the, the, the smugglers will uh, give people a discount if they bring in some women and children with them. Uh, we also know uh, in that part of the world uh, that the stealing uh, of women and children for nefarious purposes uh, is rampant. There's all kinds of reasons to be skeptical even before uh, these people get on the air and do their little uh, song and dance number for the gong show. Uh, but we don't uh, – we're sheep. We, we're sheep. That, that, that the fact that that one picture just keeps – it, you know – Eat it. Choke on it. You must swallow this. Should tell you everything you know about the fact that you are being manipulated. Next clip. Reform did pass the Senate a few years ago, and now the the blockage, of course, was a Republican-controlled House. Now the Democrats control the House. So how do you get to yes on this? Well, I think you will see the House raising this issue and bringing it up as soon as possible. And I think we got a a chance to do something meaningful. And what compromise would Democrats make, which they'd have to, to pass a Republican-controlled Senate? I don't know that we have the time to get into all of the details. But the good news is that I think Democrats in the House are serious about comprehensive immigration reform. I think we have some Republicans in the Senate, and let's see if we can do something. It's a major issue. But, you know, the, uh, there are other issues out there as well. And one of the issues that concerns me right now is that as we talk about uh, Black Friday and, and people shopping, we should remember that millions of workers who are out there now who are selling us products in department stores are making what I consider to be starvation wages. Yeah. And I think we have got to finally make it clear that if you work 40 hours a week in America, you know what? You should not be poor. You should not be living yeah. in poverty. Yeah. That means raising the minimum wage is what the American people want to do. And you said, despite all the issues, though, Senator Sanders, you said, really, this country is more united than it appears. You don't believe in red state, blue states. It's so hard to feel that we are united. And most things you said, we really are united here. Yeah, on many areas, we are united. And I think the media underplays that. For example, you do some polling. Do the American people think we should raise the minimum wage to a living wage? Yes. Yes. Do the American people believe that health care is a right and we should move to Medicare for all? Yes. 
Do the American people believe that in gun pay, control? In, in sense, absolutely. Common sense gun safety legislation, absolutely. Do the American people want to pay more in taxes? If we can do away with private insurance <laughs> premiums, yes. Look, let's be. They say no on that. Just to be fair, well, yeah. Uh, was was Gail King interviewing him? Because that it was a verbal hug. She just couldn't reach him. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, she's finishing his sentences. She's setting him up. Did that? Was that an interview? It never is, man. It intra, never is. Intra. It was an interview. Yeah. I'm. I couldn't. I was just uh, lost in uh, my tears before the poor, starving people of Macy's. You know, the <laughs> selling you your perfume. I mean, they can barely stand. They're so hungry. I mean, a guy who owns three homes and hasn't had to get a job in the private sector since about 1974. I, I think he identifies with that cat making, you know, a scant fifteen dollars an hour at Macy's. Right? He gets it. Right. Next clip. President got into a remarkable face-off this week with Chief Justice John Roberts after a federal judge issued a nationwide ban on President Trump's new policy that would basically bar asylum for anybody who crosses the country, uh, crosses into the country illegally. Here's President Trump on that. This was an Obama judge. And I'll tell you what, it's not going to happen like this anymore. Chief Justice Roberts responded with this statement. We do not have Obama judges or Trump judges, Bush judges or Clinton judges. What we have is an extraordinary. All right. We're going to run out of time here. That In that clip, Sass actually backs up the president for criticizing judges and actually backs up Jesse Kelly. So I wanted to be fair because we criticized him yesterday. Wanted to make sure we're not doing fake news. So there you go. And we are back on the Steve Day Show live on the Blaze on demand at CRTV. Hour number two, 888-933-93 is the number, 888-933-93. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening on the podcast today, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening on the podcast today and you have uh, some time, we would appreciate you leaving us a five-star review. Thank you to all of you that have done that already. And you maybe you're like, Steve, I don't really think your show is worth any stars. And, and you're welcome to that opinion. And it's probably justified to some degree. But we would appreciate it if you didn't leave us a review then. Uh, but if you do like the show and you have a few minutes to leave us a positive review today, we would greatly appreciate that. And even if you don't have that time, if you could just click subscribe, it takes like three seconds. Click that subscribe button. I mean, the more of you that do that, then the more opportunity there are for other people to see, hey, you know, I'm looking for a new podcast. I'm looking for something different. This one seems to have some popularity, some momentum. It's building an audience. So let me check it out. That helps us as well. And thank you again to all of you that have done both of those things. So I've been talking about the uh, the fake news involved, not just in the media. We did fake news or not at the end of last hour, but also when it comes to health and nutrition and we've been talking about Field of Greens and Brickhouse Nutrition and uh, the difference between when you, when you get that supplement 
<clears throat> that claims it's a superfood, and you can tell if because they can maybe lie to you on the front of the label. They can't lie to you on the back because then government comes after them. So that's why when you flip it over and the back label says supplement facts instead of nutrition facts. And when you get those field of greens uh, from Brickhouse Nutrition, it says nutrition facts on the back. Well, I finally got my uh, field of greens uh, about a week ago, and I've been using it faithfully ever since. And I got to tell you, man, it's delicious. Now, I'm, I'm probably cheating a little bit because I'm a big green tea guy and I mix it in with my green tea and it's absolutely phenomenal. But if, if you've, you know, my, my, my son compares it to the mean green machines, those uh, naked juices that he likes because uh, he's drinking it too. I mean, and, and we can't get him to like eat any vegetables. All right, so this is a great way, and you're not really even cheating because you're getting the actual thing. You're gonna feel like you're cheating a little bit though because it's delicious. You put it in the drink of your choice and you're getting an entire day of serving of the fruits and vegetables that are uh, loaded with the antioxidants you're looking for to naturally boost your immune system this time of year. Uh, This is something that most Americans don't get even though it is something that their daily diet needs, that daily serving of whole food, fruits, and vegetables. You can get it through Field of Greens via Brickhouse Nutrition. And here's how you can get it right now. Just go to BrickhouseSteve.com. That's BrickhouseSteve.com. Use my name, Steve, as a promo code when you go there. 15% off your first order you will receive instantly just like that. BrickhouseSteve.com. Use my name as the promo code, Steve. 15% off of your first order. A field of greens from Brickhouse Nutrition today. All right, we're going to have Pop Culture Tuesday coming up a little bit later on in this hour. We're going to start a new series where that's concerned because nowhere does culture and conservatism probably more intersect in our culture every year than at Christmas time. You know, a lot of the things Christmas is about uh, are, are traditions and values we as conservatives of any stripe seek to conserve for this and future generations. And a lot of people in our culture don't really get confronted with with those values on a daily basis until this time of year. So we're going to look at this intersection and its history. Uh, Next week, we're going to take a look at, uh, is there a scientific basis for the so-called star of wonder in the Christmas story, or is it fable? Is it metaphor, et cetera? We're going to do that next week. Our final week of the three-week series, we're going to look at a lot of your Christmas traditions, candy canes, presents, uh, Christmas trees. Where, where, What's the origin of these things? Even Santa Claus, where do these things come from? We're going to take a look at some of that stuff coming up in week three. This week, we're going to take a look at really the origin of the Christmas story itself because it's a tale as old as time. The, the same conflict playing out in the Christmas story at its beginning, is the same conflict playing out in the world ever since and really playing out in our culture right now on a daily basis. We're going to talk about that here in a few minutes, live on The Blaze, on demand at CRTV. But we're going to start first a daily segment on this show. Really, we're starting it for the main reason, not the only reason, but the main reason is i got to sell some books. Uh, The new book, Truth Bombs, comes your way January the 15th. Pre-orders are available now. There is the that, that cover, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not sure the book's going to live up to that cover. I mean, that cover is insane, and I had nothing to do with it. I mean, I know even you were impressed with the cover. I was. And you're, like, not impressed with, like, anything right now. You're pretty much, you're pretty much dissing, like, I'm everything sour. I throw at you right now. I'm sour. You are? There's no doubt. But you like the cover. 
<laughs> so I hope the book is at least as good. I know it's not better than the cover. I hope it's at least as good as the cover. But Truth Bombs is available now. We confront the lies conservatives believe to our own demise. And on today's uh, version of the cover, you can see there's Ben Shapiro, who knows a thing or two about selling books as well. There's his endorsement of the book right there on the front cover. His is not the only major endorsement of the book. It includes an endorsement from our partner here at The Blaze, Glenn Beck, and several others as well. Pre-order is available right now at Amazon.com for Truth Bombs. Just in time, if you've if you're one of the few, the proud fans of this show, and you are looking for the ideal Christmas gift for your fandom, this is for you. In fact, if you've got someone in your family who's that like, I buy every line and every lie the Republican Party tells me and vote for rhinos while claiming I'm a conservative in your family, we all have somebody like that, right? Or know somebody like that, especially in our church, you know that guy in your church. The guy that comes up to you, you got a guy like this. I've been church. accosted at church yeah. by people. You like want this. you want to you want to troll this guy? Send him this book for Christmas. All right, this book will blow him up, and then he can just blame me. Like you, like when that guy accosts you the next time at, at at church, Todd, you just put it all on me. I thought I was just trying to be kind, send you a Christmas gift. You know, I didn't write the book. All right, you put. I'll get all the blame for blowing them up and blowing their minds. Okay, this is a book they need to read. Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. Pre-orders right now at Amazon.com. So each day on the show, between now and the release of the book, when we are live on the air, we're going conf- to drop a truth bomb. And it could be about any subject. All right? Today, it's going to be about Twitter's new terms of service, which are claiming that you're not permitted to dead name or misgender somebody, meaning you're not permitted to go back and refer to someone who now believes, because they have a mental disorder, that they are a new gender. And you're not permitted to acknowledge the gender they were born with by calling them by their birth name. In order to challenge whether Twitter's really serious about this policy, I decided yesterday to post this. Jenner's really piling up the points. He sprints through the hurdles for 866. He hurls the javelin for 862. He's done it. Bruce Jenner set a new world decathlon record. I spent a good part of my life getting ready for that day. I worked out a lot, ate a lot of Wheaties. Because a complete breakfast with Wheaties is good tasting and good for you. Take it from Bruce Jenner. Wheaties is the breakfast of champions. Now... Here's the truth bomb. Somebody's appearing in that commercial. Somebody won that gold medal. Somebody performed all those heroic exploits. Was the person who did that named Caitlyn Jenner or were they named Bruce Jenner? Gentlemen, I'll start with you. Who was it? I'm just lost in the glow of that breathtaking woman. I mean, that was quite... Quite lovely. Wins the swimsuit competition. Stunning. Aaron. Yeah, um, that, um, well, you know, um, gender is fluid and it's complicated and we still don't know everything that there is to know about this. So it's, um, it may or may not be the truth that a person at some point in time may or may not have competed in the Olympics and may or may not have won a decathlon as a non-gendered 
individual or maybe a gendered individual at that time. We just don't know. Um, let's talk about um, the, the xenophobia of the Republican Party now, can we, please? I actually have an official answer than that. Yes. Uh, I quote the great prophet, Eddie Murphy, uh, who uh, was dressed up as a barbershop uh, dude in the f- fantastic movie Coming to America. His mama called him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. That's exactly right. That's beautiful. What is that, Velvet? Indeed. Um Here's, here's how I think we need to push back on things like this. I mean, there's two ways to do it. It depends on what your end game is. I mean, you can just be direct and there's a time for a full frontal assault. No question about it. But, if, but, but when you're doing that in a relationship where you don't have the leverage, your point still remains, but it's likely to be the last point you're going to make. And so if you're okay with that, then cool. Okay, I mean, I'm not the I'm the last person to tell someone to be subtle, okay? But you know, I've I've this I've quoted this before. There's an old Irish Catholic uh, saying: the 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 number one thing the devil hates the most is to be mocked. And uh, telling the emperor he has no clothes has power, no doubt about it. If the Catholic Church was still run by a bunch of crotchety, drunken Irish Catholics, I think we'd have you, Steve. Yes. I think we'd have you. Yeah, there's something to be telling the— uh, But you know what's even more powerful than telling the emperor he has no clothes? Showing him that he doesn't is even more potent than that, okay? Because when you tell the emperor, you have no clothes, he is naked. It is true he has no clothes. But he can. he's the emperor. You're not. And he gets to say, I don't like people around me. Uh, and so get rid of him if you want to be around me. Side with me. Tell me what I want to hear and get rid of him. But when you hold up the mirror and say nothing and force everybody who is gazing upon the beast and marveling at it to suddenly remove their gaze and look into the mirror of their own volition, to me, that's how you win an argument. Doesn't, doesn't mean you'll change a bunch of minds, okay? But if we're quoting Eddie Murphy around here, yeah. this is at least where you walk away and say, I know that you know. Yeah. And you know that I know. And you are full of poo. Yeah, but the reason okay? we know this is you're still there. Yeah. You ha- this is why I, I answered the question yesterday, but it's your show. It, what You're a busy guy. You, you use Twitter just like I do mm-hmm. and you, rapid fire. Mm-hmm. But what's your level of concern on a scale of one to 10 of being removed from Twitter? It, it would, I, let me say this. I enjoy it as a tool. Cause I like the yes. instant quick fire sure. uh, thing. Um, it would probably be better for my temperament overall to, to not have access to it because the, the, you get to not the quick fire ever doesn't just, isn't one, a one-sided conversation. <laughs> so you have, you, you're, you have, you're susceptible to everybody else's quick fire. It makes my, the number one reason I use it guys, is it makes my job easier. Right. I mean, I don't have to visit 17 websites. Remember how we used to all have bookmarks? Sure. We get up every morning, jump on the internet. Gosh, 2003, man, it was those are those days. Exactly. Our, our grandparents talked about walking uphill both ways in five feet of snow. We say to the gen- we say to the millennial generation, we used to have to bookmark yes. every site we visited. And they're like, dude, that's Byzantine. What's a okay. book? <laughs> yes. So it, it saves me a lot of time because I essentially have mine set up like an AP wire where I just, 
I can now, like I used to when I worked at the Des Moines Register, just scrolling through the database. I agree. Looking for headlines. It would, the number one, it would, it wouldn't, it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't miss it. Oh, I'd get over, I have other outlets to re, to respond to people. I don't need it. It does make my job easier, but you know, I'll just, I'll have, I'd have to figure but, something else out. But existentially, like, do you, do you have any level of concern? Like, no. don't you actually feel like you might have just exited from Plato's cave? There, <laughs> there's, there's a Babylon B headline I retweeted yesterday. Pathetic conservative hasn't been yes. banned from Twitter yeah, yet. You said, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I almost feel like I'm, I'm like, what was it? I have a Hawk blog posted yesterday. What do I got to do to get banned yeah. around here? But that makes your okay? point. You, you, that's the showing of the mirror. We're all yes. still here. Why isn't everybody... Just, I never referred to him when I tweet. I, I tweeted the I tweeted the Wheaties box, and I tweeted this commercial with the with that. There's another video version of this where the commercial leads off, and it's a five minute montage of him actually performing in the '76 Olympics, the actual broadcast. All right, so we've got some fair use issues and other things. We're not sure we can run the whole thing, so we just went with a 30 second commercial. All right, plus it was easier for Aaron to download at a five minute uh, break just to download the 30 second commercial. So it worked for everybody. All right. Kept us out of any fair use violations and it made Aaron's job easier. But when you saw me posting this yesterday, you saw me post the full highlight video mm-hmm. montage. And then I posted the Wheaties box and, and what I posted with it is true. I mean, I loved Raisin Bran as a kid, man. And I, what I used to do too is like put all the milk and I put like one part of the raisin, I'd split my bowl in half and have one part of the raisin bran over here and let it soak up the milk. And then I'd eat the other half by itself. And then the other part would be soaked in the milk and stuff. Oh, I loved it when I was a kid. But I loved Bruce Jenner so much as a little kid watching what he did in the Olympics. I started eating Wheaties. And like we got to like 1981 and 82 and I'm like, these really aren't that good, man. I'm going back to raisin bran because like the, my Bruce Jenner phase, it kind of wore off. But I, bu- I had my mom buy me Wheaties because of that commercial that we just showed the audience because of what I watched him do in the Olympics as a kid. So I didn't, I didn't step right to the emperor. I didn't step right to emperor Jack. I didn't do that. Cause then see, I don't mind. And here's my thing. I don't mind emperor Jack. Who's the guy who runs Twitter. I don't mind him banning me. I don't want to make it easy on him. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'd get mad. Like if I stepped on my own rake, then I'd be kind of ticked about it. Like, cause I, I'd feel like I, I played myself like I want it. That's the thing. Don't seek out your own persecution, but make it plain when they do persecute you. Don't give them any other reason for what they did other than we just don't want it. We don't want you around anymore. That's because martyrs always win, and you don't have to die to be a martyr. Jesse Kelly, right now. How many of you watching us right now or listening to us knew who, knew who Jesse, Jesse Kelly? Yeah. I did. I love. He was my favorite follows. But how many of you knew who he was? Not many of you did. Not many of you did. How many of you know who he is now? Jesse Kelly ought to be sending a freaking cookie bouquet to Twitter, and and he is. You can tell too. He's that he's a Marine combat vet. You can tell he talked to some of the uh, the propaganda ops people when he was in there. What he's doing to them right now on this little media tour he's on, the level of own here is sky high. This guy's star is blown up. They did him a massive favor because he did it right. He didn't post some stupid, you know, easily defined as racially insensitive or homophobic. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and he was so good 
at what do you at the masterful trolling of the of the left's scams that they had no choice. He, this isn't Laura Loomer, who we're not sure is she outright or not, or Alex Jones, we know is a fraud. Okay, this guy was so good at masterfully trolling the cultural Marxists that they just had to send him a blanket denial or a blanket rejection with no reasoning behind it whatsoever. That's a win right there. That's a win right there. In other words, don't go to Alcatraz for tax evasion, Al Capone. That's weak, bro. That's where Dave Chappelle reaches his long hand with a burning lung dart between his two top fingers. And he reaches his long hand down into history. And Dave Chappelle says to you, you played yourself. Don't do that. Don't go to Alcatraz and die of syphilis in there for freaking tax evasion, Al. Go to Alcatraz for the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Like the cops roll in and there are bodies strewn, ev- strewn everywhere. Blood is flowing, twitching muscles as, they, as the, last, the last burst of oxygen leave their corpses and your Tommy gun. And you're like, and then you're like, cuff me. That's the difference between going to Alcatraz and I'm running the joint. I'm like at a BC or a Schillinger on Oz. I run this place. Or you go there for tax evasion and you're the schmuck and you die of syphilis because you're on the receiving end. You know what I'm saying? I do. That's how we roll around here. Don't punk yourself. Make it so obvious that, they are, that you've beat them. That they have no choice because these guys don't ever. Persecutors, whether their name's Jack, Nero, it doesn't matter what their name is. They all, they, they, the best they can avoid it. They want to avoid telling you out in the open. We're going to make a martyr out of you because you're better at this than us. Because martyrs rally people. Martyrs inspire They don't, that, that, they, whenever they start making martyrs, that's when the system knows that it's lost and it's on its last legs because it would prefer to find an, an end around to get rid of you. You did something dumb because when you do something dumb, then there's another era layer of people who might be sympathetic to your plight, but don't feel real comfortable about coming to your aid because they don't want to have your lack of credibility pollute theirs. Like why I don't want to come. I wasn't willing to take Twitter head on over Alex Jones. Why? Because I knew what they, we, this is, we had this conversation at the time. Did I ever deny I knew what they were doing with Alex Jones? That I was fully aware this was a canary in the coal mine. Did I ever deny that? No. No. What I said was, this is, in my opinion, not the time or the person to plant your flag. That's the trap. The trap was they wanted us to make it about Alex Jones so they could make it easier to get rid of the rest of us later when we pollute ourselves with his stench. Man who lie down with dog, Confucius say, always wake up with fleas. So be aware when it's the canary in the coal mine. Don't lie to yourself, but also don't run to the front lines of the canary of the coal mine. Because the reason the system goes with that low-lying fruit is they're baiting you. It's a lot harder to win the battle. The Je- Jesse, when, when Jesse Kelly thought what they did to Alex Jones was wrong, was he getting on Fox News at night? No, that's why none of you knew who he was. 
See where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. He, the, the, there's the right moment. There's the right moment. where, And then all you do is you just grab the mirror and you let everybody gaze upon the nakedness of their fake idol. And then you know, and I know, and I win. I win whether you martyr me or not. Because I've, 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 I owned you. And so the fact that you've got to get rid of me makes me a more inspirational figure dead than alive. Jesse Kelly has been talked more about on Twitter the last two days than he was the entire time he was on Twitter combined by 10. And it's not even close. He won. And since the, Twitter has these stupid rules where I can tweet Jesse Kelly's articles, but Jesse Kelly can't, He's still getting on Twitter. And in many respects, he's getting the best of both worlds. He's getting access to Twitter's platform without dealing with the, with the recidivism of the trolls in his mentions and, and who to respond to and who to meet. He, they, 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 he owns them right now. They had to change their name to Kelly. He owns them. They made a martyr out of him, and now he's a hero. Martyrs. Why do you think the left adopted victimology as their number one battle tactic. You know, Jesus said the children of men are smarter than the children of light. What did he mean by that? Well, we're watching this play out right now in real time. You're watching those, you're watching God haters. There's a difference between unbelievers or skeptics or, or people just that just don't believe there's a God or Jesus rose from the dead, but they're not hostile to people that do. Then there's God haters. These are, these are, these are, and we're going to talk more about this in the next segment when we start talking about the two kingdoms that converge at Christmas. These are Herod's people. They are the, just like, you know, and, and C.S. Lewis refers to us as daughters of Eve and, and sons of Adam. These are the sons of Herod. There will be no authority but me. And I will squelch anybody who claims I'm not the ultimate authority, that I'm not the boss of myself. That cannot be tolerated. And what's happened, whenever they do that, though, understand. The martyr always wins every time. The martyr always wins. Do you remember Gandhi or the name of the British authorities who persecuted him? Who do you remember? Can you name any of those people? Do you know any of them? Does does anybody know any of those names? Do you know their names? No. I don't know their names. Do you know the names of any of the Roman soldiers who tormented Jesus and played dice for his garments? Do you know any of the names? Do you know the name of the Roman prefect who um, had Paul had? Uh, you're Catholic. This is your bishop, so I, I would imagine you probably know the name of the Roman prefect and the centurions who uh, hung Saint Peter upside down. You know their names, don't you? No, you don't. And neither does anybody else. Whose name do you know? Peter. Which one was the martyr? Peter. The martyr always wins. And, and, and all your, this, the reason we're losing to the left is because they have hijacked our tactics from us. They, 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 are, they, have, they have looked at the tactics that have defeated them throughout the course of history, and they're now adopting them. And so they've realized martyrs sell. But martyr is a religious term, so they don't want to use that. So it's victim now. It's victim in the kingdom of man. In the kingdom of Herod, it's a victim. The highest thing, you know, in the kingdom of God, John and Peter returned from the temple in the book of Acts after they were scourged. And then the next line says, they counted it all joy to, what was the next word? Suffer. 
to suffer for the name. It, it was joy, they took it as a, it was a blessing to be punished, to be martyred in a way, persecuted for their God. Their stature was elevated. This is why the other side uses victims. It's their, it's their aberrant form, bizarro world form of, of martyrdom. That's why in intersectionality, they agree it's, it's great to suffer for the name too. They just suffer for a different name. <laughs> right? A lot different name. So that's why Jesse Kelly won. And that's why they couldn't ban me yesterday. You know how ridiculous? I would, I, dude, I was watching Jesse Kelly yesterday. I'm like, I got to post every damn thing of Bruce Jenner I've ever seen in my life because I'll be on Tucker Carlson tonight. Because this works. We have forgotten because, you know what? Here's the great irony. Glenn said this to me. Glenn Beck said this to me um, when I interviewed him for Truth Bombs. He said, you know, the great irony of, of, the, of conservatives is, is we claim to believe in providence. And yet we concoct all these man-made schemes and plans and formulas as if we're totally in control. And, and there is no hand of God. That's, so, that's one of the most brilliant things anybody says in, in the new book, Truth Bombs, Amazon order right now please my kids say thank you so is my publisher he's mad at me right now um this also applies here we're the ones that practice utilitarian ethics we're the ones who say suffering's bad any loss is bad avoid losing at all costs avoid suffering at all costs jesse kelly suffered one indignancy or one one um one indignant insult from twitter and now he is a household name with the target audience he's been trying to reach. And he just reached them all overnight. A whole bunch of you that didn't know who he was know who he is now. We forgot. Suffering for a righteous cause is the best strategy of them all. Gandhi wasn't a Christian. He emulated Christ, though, and suffering for a righteous cause. And he won. That's why you remember Gandhi's name and you don't remember any of the people in the British consulate that persecuted him. You don't remember any of their names. Martyrdom went. We have forgotten that. And, but you got to do it smart. Like, you're not a martyr if you like roll up on, you know, Caesar and say, hey, can I fall on your sword? It doesn't work that way. Okay. You're a martyr in when you die or or suffer for a righteous cause. So that's why instead of me tweeting the name Bruce Jenner a million times, all I did was was just go get a social media platform that competes with Twitter and take the actual clip and the actual graphic and put it on Twitter. And I, never, I, and I, just, and I didn't even say the name Bruce Jenner. I said, I really admired these exploits. I really admired the person who did this. What are they going to do? They will look ridiculous and they know it. That's, why, that's what Ben Shapiro was doing yesterday when he was... When he was tweeting out the screen captures of those books on biology and and human gender. That was a brilliant tactic too. When we come back, we'll begin our series on pop culture Tuesday, looking at Christmas. Stay tuned, live on The Blaze, on demand here at Sierra TV.
888-933-93 here on the Steve Dace Show. Steve at stevedace.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show until I do something dumb and get banned. That's D-E-A-C-E. Speaking of doing something dumb, if you didn't hear me last hour, again, other than you know, like a life insurance policy, which really isn't of much value to you because when it kicks in, you won't uh, be alive and kicking, you know? So uh, in this world, while you're still here, for the vast majority of you, <clears throat> your most valuable asset is your home. So if you didn't hear me talking about home title lock last hour, by all means, take advantage of that free report. It's a, They're going to scan your title. Has it been attempted to be accessed by anybody? Have they accessed it right now? And, and no, they're not looking to take your mortgage off your hands. They're looking to... Uh, pilfer the equity in your home so they can liquidate it for them instead of you. So if you didn't hear me talking about this last hour, I wanted to give you one more opportunity here today. HomeTitleLock.com is the website. HomeTitleLock.com. And if you have identity theft protection, I do too, but it doesn't cover this, okay? So don't let them, don't put so much time and effort into buying a home, maintaining it, and then imagine you go to sell it thinking, man, I got a nice chunk of change. I lived here 10, 15, 20 years, paid the the note down, blank amount, uh, property values have, have gone way up, and then your realtor and you settle down and realize there's no equity there. It's gone. Don't, don't have that happen to you. Don't have it happen to a loved one who's maybe retired and isn't, you know, really technologically savvy and all of that equity they spent years building into that home suddenly is gone. If maybe you're an entrepreneur or you were involved in real estate, you have a lot of different uh, rental properties right now. Don't let them come after that cluster of properties you own either. HomeTitleLock.com. You'll get a free title scan today. HomeTitleLock.com. All right, it's Pop Culture Tuesday, and we look each week in this segment at the intersection between culture and conservatism. And I don't know... I was thinking about this the other day, guys. I don't know if there is a moment in the culture perennially where the interests of conservatism and culture more directly intersect than at Christmas. And I understand you may not be a Christian. You may not uh, uh, you know, believe in the Christmas story, but consider yourself a conservative. But a lot of the things you're trying to conserve are themes that, are either inherent to or complementary with what makes this time of year special. And um, a lot of the culture won't be compelled or inspired, might be a better word, won't be as inspired in one concentrated dosage to consider those values and themes at any other point during the rest of the year than they will during this time of year. So I thought it would be interesting. We've got three more weeks of programs here before we head off for our annual end of the year Christmas vacation. For the next three weeks on Pop Culture Tuesday, I thought it might be interesting to take a look at the origins of those themes and values and that are intersecting more than ever before this time of year with the culture writ large. You guys ready to go? Yeah. All right, so in a couple of weeks, we're going to take a look at you know some of the biggest traditions associated with Christmas and their origins and what those symbolize. Next week, we're going to take a look at, um, at, at really the announcement of Christmas, the, the so-called Star of Wonder or the Star in the East. Did it really happen? 
Is there a scientific basis for it? Is it myth? Is it metaphor? Is it actually a star? We're going to take a look at that uh, here next week. This week, though, I want to talk about there are really two ways of life that are going to come into conflict with the Christmas story. And they are, in many respects, absolutely representative of the conflict that is raging in our culture today and has probably been raging throughout the course of time. And they're, they're best embodied in the two individuals that are acknowledged as kings in the Christmas story. The first is the earthly king, the kingdom of this world, and his name is Herod. The other is the kingdom uh, is the is the king of another kingdom who is not of this world. And that's the Christ child. And they represent two dramatically different kingdoms. Two kingdoms that cannot coexist. <laughs> they cannot peacefully coexist. They cannot ex- coexist on any level whatsoever. And they both know this, by the way. I mean, the, the, the real, if, if you were to ask me, Steve, what's Christmas about? Here's what it's really about. When we couldn't get to heaven, heaven came to us. That's really what it's about. The kingdom we represent in this world cannot coexist with the eternal kingdom. So the eternal kingdom, out of love for those of us in the kingdom of this world came to us when we couldn't go to them. That's really what it means. Because the two kingdoms also have dramatically different responses in their acknowledgement they can't coexist. See, one of the main reasons we have a lot of conflict in our culture today is because a lot of us don't want to be forced to admit that these kingdoms can't coexist. And then there's a lot of us that are in the, that believe we're in this eternal kingdom and believe that that means we need to be nice all the time and not admit that we can't coexist, but still try to find a way to coexist anyway. Fallacies. If, if the two kingdoms could coexist, there'd be no need for heaven to come to us because we could have gone to heaven on our own. But we can't because they can't coexist. We're opposing kingdoms. One of my favorite theologians, Augustine, would refer to this as the city of man and the city of God. The approach each kingdom takes to the acknowledgement that they can't coexist is illustrated in the Christmas story, and we see it play out in our culture today. The kingdom of God, it's remedy to the fact it cannot coexist with the evils of the kingdom of man is to try to redeem it, to suffer for it, to die for it as an atoning act for sins it didn't commit, but were committed against it. to bear burdens of those in opposition to it, rejecting it, 
defiling it. The remedy offered by the kingdom of man to this lack of coexistence is murder, persecution, tyranny, oppressiveness, darkness. The light and dark cannot mix. The darkness never wants to mix with the light. It will convince the light for a while it does until it has the advantage. And then you will see the darkness press its advantage and be far more dogmatic than even the light is. We see this play out in our culture every day. We just had this conversation. My heart breaks. Before I became a member of the kingdom of God, I either would have looked at Bruce Jenner as either a hero for discovering his true self, or I would have mocked him and, 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 and looked at him as a moron and an idiot, vile. Those are King Herod responses. King Jesus' responses are, what caused the level of brokenness for the man who's the picture of masculine heroism we see in those we saw in that Wheaties ad 30 minutes ago to become whatever this is we're watching and looking at now. Why would you defile yourself like that? It says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus picked up his cross, despising the shame. Why, why did he despise the shame? In the book of Genesis, before Adam and Eve sinned for the first time, it says, and they bring sin into the world, it says, they were naked in the garden, they had no what? Shame. Shame is the first fruit of sin. And it's revolting, it's disgusting, it, it causes, it, it literally warps who we are. You ever seen somebody when they've done meth for a long time? What it does to their physical form? That's what Bruce Jenner's done to himself. And the kingdom of heaven comes down and looks at what and looks at that and says, I want to save you from that. You don't have to do that. There's a better way. Whatever whatever's going on in here in the ticker that you think this is the remedy, Aaron in his montage, the article the New York Times published was tragic. They unintentionally admitted gender dysphoria is a mental disorder. The guy writing the article literally says, I'm mutilating myself. I know it won't help me. I won't receive the, 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 the healing I'm looking for, but I'm going to do it anyway. That's a mental disorder, guys. That's a mental disorder. And if it, were, if it were not a politically, in any other context, if someone said, I'm going to mutilate myself, that would be grounds for protective custody in an insane asylum. Like if their loved ones brought you to a, a psych ward and said, we can't stop our nephew here from mutilating himself, you could probably get an order to have them forcibly committed. But in this context... Because the kingdom of Herod has said, yeah, you should do that. Now, if you bring them there and try to stop them from hurting themselves this way, you're the bad guy.
these kingdoms can't coexist. You ever studied who Herod was? Even no, no, there's lots in history about Herod, by the way. A lot. Herod was an Idumean. That's a that was a first century term for an Edomite. Who were the Edomites? Well, the Israelites were descended from Jacob. The Edomites were descended from Esau, the other brother, the older one, who sold his birthright for a pot of stew. Meaning, he wanted his belly full today, so he gave up his forever. Does this sound like any any trend line we see in our culture today? Familiar at all? No? You're right. Let's just move on. Um, so this is the people. Do you guys see? This is amazing symbolism here. All right. So Jacob is the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. Christ is the fulfillment of the promise of Israel, not a replacement for it, the fulfillment of it. And the king, the king of Israel at this time is a descendant of Esau. That's, God knows how to tell, a, we have a story, guys. That is Shakespearean on steroids is what that is. In order to placate the, the, the Jewish people, Herod would have um, extravagant public displays of religion. Uh, he took the temple, which he believed was in disrepair, the temple that was rebuilt by Zerubbabel and Nehemiah after the diaspora, okay? And he renovated it, hugely upgraded it to the point that when, when, when the emperor Hadrian sent his son-in-law, I think it was Titus, to sack, Rome, to sack Jerusalem in the persecution, I think it was at 70 or 110 AD, they literally found bricks laced with gold and they dismantled it brick by brick just as Jesus would prophesy, by the way. And all that remained was the original wall structure built by Nehemiah and Zerubbabel. And that is what we know today as the Western or Wailing Wall. Everything Herod built is gone. It was destroyed in the persecution. But he would have these public displays of affection for the Jewish religion in order to placate the local people. But the Roman emperor, Augustus, once famously said of Herod, it is safer to be a pig in Herod's court than his son. Because, see, he wouldn't touch pork. He would strictly obey the Jewish dietary laws. But we know for a fact he murdered at least two of his sons. We're unsure if maybe he murdered a third because he viewed them as contenders to the throne. He murdered at least one of his wives, may have murdered more. But we know of at least one for sure, again, because he was convinced they were involved in a plot against his throne. Hmm. Anybody know any stories of politicians who are really good at public displays of religious virtue that they don't really believe while they're vile, wicked people in how they actually govern.
Guys, I'm drawing a blank. You? The story doesn't sound familiar to you. Does it sound familiar to you, Todd? Just a fog, a dream within a dream. Yeah, it's a first start of the right, straight on till morning. Yeah, not really. Anyway, let's move on again. The parallels here are incredible. The punishment. The punishment that must be extracted for the coming and acknowledgement of the kingdom of God that Herod issues is the murder, the state-sanctioned murder of children. Still, no, I'm still, still, I'm still drawing a blank. Yeah, still nothing. Yeah, I'm not. This is not applicable for I mean, our lives. I know your millennial generation's never heard anything like this right now. I mean, this is weird. Odd. Okay, obviously here, we're being extremely sarcastic. Because everything that is at, everything that's at the main intersection of the origin of Christmas and all of the conflicts are the conflicts raging in our culture today. I know a lot of you, when we had the whole war on Christmas thing, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, like, I don't even go to church. I don't even believe in the resurrection fairy tale. I'm not offended when someone says Merry Christmas to me. Why are we having this debate? Because the kingdom of Herod, you may not, have a problem with coexistence. The kingdom of Herod does. Because the kingdom of Herod understands that baby born in that stable is symbolic of something a lot more powerful than a kid. You, you, you remember ever telling you when you were a kid where you were born in a barn? Mm-hmm. Jesus is the one kid who can literally say back to us, well, yeah, I, was, I, was, I really was born in a barn. There's a lot more going on there than a kid born in a barn to a teenage mom. And while some of you who didn't understand the whole war on Christmas thing a few years ago may not get that or understand it, King Herod does. There were a lot of Jewish families in that first century town or, or province of Nazareth uh, who had no idea what was going on in that stable, didn't know what that great light was in the sky, and Herod took their children and murdered them just the same because he did. His kingdom understood. And see, that's the difference between you may be a skeptic, you may be an unbeliever, just not a hostile one, and an outright God-hater, a descendant of Herod. When you're a descendant of Herod, you know what's really going on here. The demons believe and tremble as well. And that's really the intersection of the Christmas story. And it's the same conflict that is raging, and we talk about on this show, and shows like it, every single day. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.